Well, believe it or not, the Golden Globe nominations are coming up, and uh, us TV nuts are trying to figure out who's going to get nominated, who's going to get snubbed, and ultimately, who's going to win. I'm Gold Derby editor Zach Laws, and joining me now are fellow editors Daniel Montgomery and Marcus Dixon. Uh, let me first start off by asking this. Um, Los Angeles Film Critics Best Picture Award winner, Small Axe. It's, it's contending here on the TV side. Daniel, um, does it have a shot at winning limited series? Or is there something else that has a better chance of, of beating it? Um, I think it's right now looks like a two-way race to me. I have Small Axe winning. Um, I think it's, it's, it's so, it's, it has such great snob appeal for the Globes. Mm. Uh, like it's, it's, you know, it's, it's cinema. That's why the, the Los Angeles uh, film critics uh, uh, awarded it best picture, even though it's not a traditional film. It's, it's a, it's a, a collection of five uh, uh, films uh, or short films uh, between 60 minutes and one is two hours long. Um, around uh, the kind of the Caribbean diaspora in England. Um, it's Steve McQueen who won Best Picture Drama for 12 Years a Slave. I mean, it, it has so much uh, uh, of that kind of uh, boutique TV appeal that I think they're gonna go for. Uh, I think the show that challenges it, um, and it, it's a very strong challenger because it's such a big water cooler hit, uh, is The Queen's Gambit on Netflix, which is probably the, I mean, the most talked about series of the fall. Uh, it, it was like the, the Tiger King of the fall, <laughs> <laughs> except with, it also has snob appeal because it's about chess. It's a period piece. It's lavishly designed. It has a lead actress performance that I think is going to do well. We'll talk about that in the acting categories. But I think it, I think it for the win, I think it's between those two. Marcus, what do you think? I mean, is it, is it just between those two? First of all, what are you predicting is going to win? And is there something that we're not talking about that could upset either of these two? I recently, because of all the buzz Daniel just mentioned, I put the Queen's Gambit in number one. And um, I put the actress number one. Spoiler alert for when we talk later. Um, but it did have all of that water cooler discussion going on everyone on my facebook feed people that don't even watch tv were saying omg have you seen the queen's gambit and the fact that it is about chess makes it this weirdly unique series that was actually riveting you could not look away it was the perfect length it wasn't too long it wasn't too short and so i have that winning small axe was not on my radar to be honest until the LA critics gave it the win. And then all of a sudden I put it in my predictions and I put a couple of the supporting actors in. Um, but the ones we're not talking about, Mrs. America, I mean, it feels like old news at this point, but it is the one, no, I have two, I have two shows that were eligible for the Emmys getting in. Mrs. America and Unorthodox. Unorthodox, of course, one directing at the Emmys. Mrs. America, one supporting actress for Uzo Aduba. So I think those are, safe bets and then the other three i have are, are newer shows queen's gambit the undoing and small axe i'm having such a hard time so i i, I have small axe predicted to win right now mm -hmm. but i can also see it very easily being the queen's gambit for for all the reasons you just said marcus 
I'm also predicting it's my likes for all the reasons that Daniel just said. <laughs> like both of these shows have got real snob appeal. Um, and both of them were big water cooler shows, respectively. Um, you know, Small Axe has the benefit of this kind of, uh, this pristine sheen over it because of not just the LA film critics, but all of these different film critics uh, rewarding different aspects of the show, including John Boyega and Letitia Wright, both of whom I think um, are in contention to get nominated over in supporting, spoiler alert, um, and even possibly win. Um, you had even Barack Obama put Lover's Rock, uh, one of the Small X films, as one of his favorite films of the year, which uh, a lot of other critics have been doing as well. But then you get into this, this interesting kind of conversation about, well, are they looking at this as the best limited series of the year, or are they looking at this as the best film of the year or a collection of films like it's this this weird thing and then so it, it makes you wonder does that give the advantage to something like the queen's gambit which is much more of a of a traditional limited series right it's got a it's got a six episode arc from beginning to end yeah um there are different connections and small acts within each of the individual films but it's it's not it, it's not like the queen's gambit right which is much more of what we would necessarily think of as a limited series. So I do kind of wonder if that's going to give it an advantage. In terms of what's getting nominated, I, I don't know about you guys, but I have like, I have changed my predicted, it's basically like Small Axe and the Queen's Gambit and then the next three, I have no idea what it's, to put in. It's criminal that we only have to pick five this yeah. year in particular. I mean, some of the ones we haven't mentioned Normal People, I May Destroy You, The Good Lord Bird, Little Fires Everywhere, The Comey Rule, Fargo, Hollywood, uh, Bad Education. Yes, movies are eligible here too. Uh, Haunting of Bly Manor. Like any of those, like you could pick five from any of those and say, okay, those are the nominees. I, I actually have The Good Lord Bird in my top five, I think. Um, you know, they, they like Showtime uh, uh, last year. Russell Crowe won for The Loudest Voice. Um, and I think the Good Lord Bird could be kind of like that Showtime pick. Uh, also, like Escape of Danamora, its big coming out party on the award scene was the Golden Globes. Um, so I think Go uh, Good Lord Bird gets in, and I've got uh, rounding out my top five: Unorthodox and The Undoing. Unorthodox is the only one nominee I have in here that was up for the Emmys, and it just feels like. <clears throat> Watchmen took so much of the air out of the room at the Emmys from all of these other kind of films and, 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 and uh, limited series that there's no real bandwagon for them to jump on because Watchmen uh, was eligible for last year's Golden Globes and was snubbed. So it's like the ship has sailed on that one. Um, so I feel like they're just gonna, they're just gonna move on for the most part. Like I don't, I don't, I don't see Mrs. America getting in, although I think Kate Blanchett probably still gets in. Um, <clears throat> I don't know about, I, 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 normal people could do it um, because it still has that kind of cool factor. Um, and I do have Paul Mescal getting in for that. Um, I May Destroy You has a very strong chance. I have Michaela Cole getting in for that. Uh, so yeah, there are a lot of contenders here. Narrowing it down is difficult, uh, but I do think we're gonna see more new than old in terms of, um, mm -hmm. in terms of what was eligible at the Emmys versus what's gonna do well here. One show you didn't mention, Marcus, um, is I know this much is true. And what's so interesting about that for me is that 
Mark Ruffalo won the Emmy, yeah. and he was the show's only nomination. And now um, he's predicted to win the Golden Globe. And I don't think it, like, the show is ranked so far down in our overall odds. Um, and so that I just, confuses me because I loved the show. Yeah. I, it was one of my top 10, 15 of the whole year. And when it did not get in at the Emmys for series, I was a little bit sad. And so I think I moved off of Mark Ruffalo. I think I ended up copying you, Zach, and predicting uh, Paul Mescal. And so when, when Mark Ruffalo won at the Emmys, I'm like, well, yeah, that's, that's the right pick. That's the one I wanted to pick. But I, I, I was too you know, scared to pick him because the show wasn't up. But this time around, you know, I could see him winning uh, when we get to that discussion. And, and even though his show's not, in, not up there. You also mentioned Hollywood, and that was a show that, by a lot of measures, underperformed at the Emmys. It got a ton of nominations, got a ton of acting nominations, but it didn't get in for series. And we know that the Golden Globes are often more open to Ryan Murphy productions, even when the Emmys aren't. They nominated The Politician in mm -hmm. comedy series last year, and that was pretty much overlooked across the board at the Emmy. So I do, I kind of wonder if, if that could be uh, a bigger Golden Globes contender. Because right now, I mean, it's, it's ranked pretty low in our odds because it, it failed to get nominated at the Emmys. But like, could that, could they just do this weird thing where they overlook the, the Mrs. Americas and um, the unorthodoxes and then go for Hollywood as like the, the older show? Like, I don't know. I mean, I, there's so many weird possibilities. Yeah. Um, they don't really love American politics, which is why Mrs. America, if you're not predicting it, you may be smarter than me because I am predicting it. Um, maybe Hollywood does get the reprieve here. Um, I loved Hollywood. I know I'm, a lot of people were, were mixed on it, but I, it was one of my favorites. I think, you know, we can, uh, moving over to uh, the acting categories, um, like you said, Marcus, a lot of people are predicting Mark Ruffalo. Um, there's a lot of interesting possibilities here. Daniel, uh, first of all, like, who are you predicting? Is it Mark Ruffalo, or are they going to go for one of the newer people, like, like an Ethan Hawke in The Good Lord Bird, or, uh, or Jeff Daniels in The Comey Rule? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I don't buy the Mark Ruffalo thing, which it might be stupid because I didn't buy the Mark Ruffalo thing at the Emmys since he was the sh he was that show's only nomination. So it didn't seem like voters really cared about it. So I was really surprised in the end when he won that. Um, you know, that that Emmy race felt so much like, you know, you look at that, like maybe voters looked at that category and they're like, I guess, uh, <laughs> and gave it to Mark Ruffalo because uh, there are so many nominees in that category who seemed like their either their feature or their their limited series weren't nominated or underperformed um so so yeah so i don't think it's happening here for mark ruffalo this is another case where i think the golden globes are just going to kind of move on to the new stuff um i have i have ruffalo getting nominated at the moment uh but i i do think ethan hawk wins i think i think we'll see uh, the good lord bird nominated ethan hawk win it's a huge scenery chewy performance uh, he's he's a movie star doing TV, which they love. Um, 
you know, so I, you know, which, I mean, Ruffalo also is, but I feel like Good Lord Bird is more recent. It's going to have more lasting buzz. It's going to be a chance to give Showtime something because uh, the Globes like to spread the wealth to different networks a lot of times. Uh, so, yeah, I have him and then Hugh Grant in second place for The Undoing, although that could go either way because that, that's sort of like the Falls Hollywood where, like, it could be awards voters cup of tea but like critically the reception was kind of mixed so uh yeah and then i have uh ruffalo in the third paul mescal and then jeff daniels for the comey rule which i'm not entirely confident about but i kind of you know even if the golden globes don't like american politics that much i feel like so much american politics happening like right the heck now um as, as we're going into the nominations in a couple of weeks um that it, it might it might uh benefit that or it could hurt it they could be just like no enough of this and nothing from that gets nominated we'll see which way it goes uh, so marcus i mean if you if you are predicting mark ruffalo who then do you think is i'm not the, actually the, oh you're not okay no. <laughs> i have i have ruffalo in second but okay i think there was somebody this year that gave a better performance and I'm predicting the person who gave the best performance and I could hear Tom yelling at me, it's never about the performance, it's about all these other factors. But Ethan Hawke in The Good Lord Bird, he blew me away. Um, I've always liked Ethan Hawke, but now I love Ethan Hawke. He was phenomenal and I could see something weird happen. I could see him win and his show not even get nominated because he's so much the show. Um, so that's that's what I have. I don't have Good Lord Bird in series, but I have Ethan Hawke actually winning for all the reasons Daniel mentioned. Um, I also have, I think we line up for the others. I have Ruffalo, Hugh Grant, Chris Rock, and Jeff Daniels. The interesting thing about Ethan Hawke too in this category, and I actually have him predicted to win as well, um, he's coming off a major recent snub on the film side uh, with First Reformed, uh, which was yeah. a, a performance that swept through all the critics awards and then didn't get nominated at the oscars didn't get nominated at the golden globes either interestingly enough um he's only had one golden globe nomination to date for boyhood uh compared to his four oscar nominations for acting and writing um and this could it, actually be a first reformed reunion at the globes if amanda seyfried is nominated for supporting actress for me right exactly um and it's not outside the realm of possibility, we should say, for an actor, especially a big movie star, to win at the Golden Globes, even if their series is not nominated. Um, Billy Bob Thornton in Goliath is uh, a really good recent example of that. He was the only nomination for that show and um, ended up being the only nomination that show ever got <laughs> uh, pretty much anywhere. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Ethan Hawke could very easily win this, even if his show doesn't get in. Um, my five, I've got Ruffalo getting in. I've got Hugh Grant for The Undoing. I have Paul Mescal for Normal People, and I have Jeff Daniels for The Comey Rule. Um, I feel like I should have in Hugh Jackman and Chris Rock, um, although this, you know, this last season of Fargo wasn't as universally acclaimed as its last three, but they do love Fargo here. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I wouldn't count that out. Um, somebody else um, uh, who we probably shouldn't count out here, a couple of different people, 
Brian Cranston in your honor, uh, Chris Evans in Defending Jacob, uh, Jude Law in The Third Day, Nick Robinson in A Teacher, Paul Bettany and Uncle Frank, which is considered a uh, TV movie. Um, recent Emmy nominee, Jeremy Pope for Hollywood. There's a lot of different, uh, there's a lot of different ways that you could make up a top five in this category. I'm wondering if there's anybody uh, who you guys think has like an outside chance of, of upsetting here for a nomination. Hmm. Well, I was thinking about Chris Rock putting him in there for Fargo. I think I had him in there for uh, a certain period of time. Um, but yeah, I, I just, like this season of Fargo just didn't really make much of an imprint uh, in terms of public discussion that I've seen. Um, you know, I, Paul Bettany maybe, Seth Rogen maybe in American Pickle if they want to give uh, HBO Max something. Um, yeah, I'm, not, I'm trying to figure out who else they can make a case for and with the, Emmy, with the Golden Globes having such a small voting body, um, honestly, it could be anyone. Chris Evans I'm, I'm very decisive. <laughs> Chris Evans defending Jacob would be such a Globe nominee, like such a big movie star and snubbed by the Emmys and I could see them pulling him in for a nomination. Um, looking over at the actress side, I mean, is there anybody who's going to beat Anya Taylor-Joy in The Queen's Gambit? I mean, what, <laughs> what do you guys think? I have her getting in. Um, Shira Haas was the big talk of the town, you know, specific, specifically in before Queen's Gambit came out. I think Shira was predicted to win this. I'd have to look back. But once Queen's Gambit came out, I think Anya, you know, overtook everyone's predictions, including my own. Kate Blanchett, don't count her out. Um, Nicole Kidman, The Undoing, they love Nicole Kidman. There's a lot of possibilities. I don't think it's a done deal for Anya Taylor Joy. Yeah, I, I've got I've got Anya. Uh, I don't know if I'd call it a done deal, but I think it's a pretty. It feels pretty secure to me, more so than even the other two movie limited categories. Uh, it's it's a buzzy performance. It's it's a, it's like a huge central role. Uh, she gets to play an alcoholic. You know, she pops mm -hmm. pills. Like you know, it, 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 it's a reserved performance. It's not like a big showy performance. Um, but Queen's Gambit is so popular and, and she is such a Golden Globes choice of this up and coming actress who is having a big year because she could also be nominated on the film side for, uh, for uh, the, the Emma adaptation from earlier in the year. Uh, so yeah, I, I think she's pretty secure. Um, Nicole Kidman I have in there, uh, but again, I'm not sure how much they're gonna love The Undoing. Shira Haas I have in there, but I don't know how much <clears throat> love there's going to be for that following the Emmys, if that's gonna be something they're really excited about or if it's gonna be one of those kinds of things that turns out to be old news for them. I think Michaela Cole gets in. <clears throat> I think uh, if that, if, if uh, I Made a Story, you had been a little bit more recent, like aired a little bit later in the year, that buzz might have carried over and I'd say she'd be closer to a potential win. Uh, and then I have Kate Blanchett rounding up my top five, but I'm, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if, if she didn't get nominated. Uh, mm. wow. like I, I, you know, cause I mean, it's just, I remember the lead up to Mrs. America is going to be like, Kate Blanchett does TV in this, in this showy kind of historical role. 
and then it happens, and then it's acclaimed. Like critics loved the show, and it got a bunch of Emmy nominations. But then it just kind of like fizzled at the Emmys. Like it only won like the only major category it won for was for Uzu Aduba. Um, the worst thing that the worst thing that happened to Mrs. America was when Watchmen decided to go limited and not drama. Yeah. yeah. Because I think Mrs. America would have won a lot more, including Kate Blanchett. Kate would have won probably in a walk if if. Uh, if it actually, I think she might have had competition from Shira. I think Shira could have uh, had you know, been opposed to threat. But uh, yeah, I think Kate was so overwhelmingly like she she's like the typical like you know Kate Winslet in, in Mildred Pierce, Julianne Moore in Game Change. It's kind of like oh well, obviously this movie star who rarely does TV doing TV, we're gonna give him the Emmy for that. Uh, and just Watchmen was such a phenomenon; it just got in the way. But yeah, I I feel like. I, I feel like the, the, you know, I don't know how much enthusiasm there still is going to be for it. Um, mm. You know, but Kate Blanchett is so, you know, Kate Blanchett is Kate Blanchett. She got it for Where'd You Go Bernadette? So, like, <laughs> she'll probably get nominated, but I could also see them just looking at Mrs. America and going, like, meh, moving on. Yeah, I mean, like, the two people in this category who feel like they can get nominated, even if their shows don't do well, are Kate Blanchett and Nicole Kidman, because the Globes mm-hmm. love both of them and nominate them all the time. <laughs> um, so it wouldn't surprise me if they get in, even if their shows underperform. Um, I have Anya Taylor-Joy winning right now just because of the popularity of the Queen's Gambit, her rising star, and also because she could be double nominated this year uh, on the film side with Emma. Um, Shira Haas, I think, is a, is a really strong number two. Um, depend Because of how acclaimed her performance was and um you know the fact that unorthodox did get in uh for limited series at the emmys kind of beating out a lot of of really strong competition there um i I could see that show uh performing really well uh with them i have daisy edgar jones in just because i my i like (laughs) my poor heart broke when she when she didn't get nominated at the emmys i thought she was so great in that show and I just can't understand why she was snubbed even though Paul Mescal got in. It seems crazy to me, but I guess I'm just gonna let my heart dictate that again. Um, even though I, I feel like Michaela Cole is, is a better possibility. Um, looking at the other people in there, Carrie uh, Washington and Reese Witherspoon in Little Fires Everywhere, Octavia Spencer in Self Made. I'm predicting Carrie um, in fifth place, actually. But, um, you know, she, doesn't she feel like somebody that should have a Golden Globe? She's yeah. one of the most famous people on the planet, and she only has two nominations. I just checked it. She has confirmation and scandal, and that's it. Um, so I, I do think she could get in, especially between her and Reese. Uh, I think she has a better chance. What does Mrs. Featherbottom think, though? She thinks, Carrie, <laughs> she thinks Carrie will win, which is surprising. <laughs> yeah, Karen Washington probably of those two has the stronger chance, especially because it was kind of a surprise that, you know, the Emmys only went for one of them and it and ended up being Carrie Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do, like, give Zach a little bit of hope. I think Daisy Edgar Jones has a real shot at a nomination. Like, it's, it's an international production which can help at the Golden Globes given out by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, those foreigners. Um, <laughs> and and like I said, I think I think Mrs. America could be soft. So 
like if like if if my hunch is right, I'm predicting Kate Blanchett to get in. But if she doesn't get in, I think that fifth slot probably is Daisy. Um, just uh, thank you for giving my heart hope. <laughs> I needed it after uh, after the uh, year that this last week has been. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, looking at just some of the people who round up who have uh, pretty good odds with us. I, I think um, don't discount Michelle Dockery and defending Jacob, much like Chris Evans, even though that was a show that got overlooked by the Emmys. It, it feels like it could be a Golden Globes thing. Um, Octavia Spencer, former Oscar winner and self-made, um, I would say has a shot at that. Um, but I mean, otherwise it, it feels like there's this really strong competition at the top, right? And then everything else is kind of, um, a little wishy-washy. What, what, what do you guys think? I think one one who we haven't talked about yet who i think is it feels like a globes kind of thing to do and we keep saying that about a bunch of things because <laughs> they're so weird um sometimes <laughs> just the globes go in their own direction sometimes and i don't think this would be a bad direction i just think it would be something that you wouldn't necessarily expect it would be victoria pedretti for haunting of Fly manor mm. i think that has a shot I, I remember her the first season of of the haunting kind of anthologies um she got she was getting a lot of attention and I, it never quite materialized uh and so i think now that she's back in a different role um in in bly manor um i think i think i think there's a shot i i don't i'm not predicting at the moment but i like if she got in i would i would feel like i should have seen it coming we mentioned kate mara a teacher That's oh yeah we should mention her too yes thank you possibility and, and Ellie Kemper is in our top 15 for the, the Kimmy Schmidt movie. I don't know if the Globe voters, you know, ever loved Kimmy Schmidt as much as I did, <laughs> but I mean, she's possible. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting too, because it feels much like at the Emmys when they combine those two categories, uh, the limited series performances always outweigh the ones in the TV movies. Um, Hugh Jackman getting nominated for bad education is, is more, the exception and not the rule. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt too, even if the Golden Globe voters didn't, so. <laughs> the Emmy voters liked Kimmy Schmidt way more than the Golden Globes did, and it never won a single Emmy. I know. <laughs> it couldn't even win interactive program. Uh, Bummer. Well, let's, um, let's talk about the supporting categories uh, before we wrap up here. Um, is there the possibility of somebody from a limited series or a TV movie uh, either winning or getting nominated here? What do you guys think? I have yes. Brendan Gleeson winning for the Comey rule. I've had him since the day our Prediction Center opened. It is such an over-the-top, but in a good way, performance. He's playing Donald Trump, in case anyone doesn't know, but it's, it's not a comedic version like Alec Baldwin. It's a very serious version full of a lot of sniffing and, and intimidation and it for me that's one of the performances of the year so I have him winning that um I also have Jim Parsons getting in for Hollywood and John Boyega I have getting in for small acts so you, I you have just John Boyega winning for small acts okay. uh, you know it's 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 one of those pair up things where uh yeah if I'm predicting it to win best limited series not necessarily that it needs to win uh, an acting award but I feel like you know, John Boyega has gotten so much praise for this role. He's coming off of the the, the 
the Star Wars uh, trilogy where even he has, uh, you know, come out saying that he, his role was underserved by that trilogy. Um, he was out at uh, Black Lives Matter protest in the last year, uh, you know, saying that I don't know if speaking out is going to ruin my career. And then he had a bunch of like filmmakers like tweeting back at him. It's like, no, I got you. And then he appears in this in 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 this episode of Small Axe, Red, White, and Blue. It's such a big showy performance. It's emotional. It's you know he plays this cop who tries to break into uh, you know you know the you know the color barrier of the police department and goes through all of the you know racism and harassment that that would entail. Um, and it's so like powerful and explosive and. Like, yeah, so I, f I feel like if Small Axe wins, I feel like they give it an acting award, and I think this might be their best opportunity to. My top two are John Boyega and Brendan Gleeson, and I keep switching back and forth between the two because I don't know who's going to win. And, and both of your compelling arguments have not made it any easier for me. <laughs> um, like, on the one hand, I could see Brendan Gleeson winning because it is such a stunning bit of mimicry right? Like he, he really does capture Trump in a way that is not just like the Saturday Night Live impersonation of him. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, like by the end of February, or is the whole world going to be so sick and tired of Donald Trump that they're going to yeah. want <laughs> to keep rewarding him? Um, Boyega could definitely win as, as that sort of small axe pair up. And it is so powerful. He is uh, he is the lead performance of his individual film, right? Um, even though he's competing in the supporting category. Um, but like, it, you know, it's just, it, it's a question of like, do they go with, uh, do they go with the broader characterization of, of Brendan Gleeson or do they go with something that's a little bit more, um, let's say grounded. Right, not to say that Brendan Gleeson is over the top, but you know Boyega is just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a much subtler kind of performance. You know, it's not—you know—there's not a lot of heavy makeup and 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 mimicry involved. So I have a really hard time choosing between those two, but I do think that ultimately it's between those two, um, which is why Dan Levy will probably win. <laughs> yeah. Um, how about in supporting actress? Do you guys have? Because um, I, I feel like Letitia Wright uh, could mm -hmm. get nominated for Small Acts. I also I think I also think Jesse Buckley could get in for Fargo. Um, Karen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you guys think? Um, plus, uh, I have a third from a limited series, and that's Uzo Aduba, Mrs. America. She has so many Emmys. She has so many SAG awards. She's never won a Golden Globe. And, you know, I really think this is Jillian Anderson's to lose, but if Jillian doesn't pull it off, I think Uzo could be the one to beat her simply because, you know, do the Golden Globes really want to go another year without giving Uzo Aduba a trophy? Yeah, I, mean, I yeah, I, I have, uh, have Letitia Wright in second place under Jillian Anderson. Um, and I also have two other uh, limited series uh, actresses in, in my predictions right now, Uzo. Um, and the other one is, and it's a bit of a hunch, uh, Marielle Heller for The Queen's Gambit. I did have her for a while. Yeah, because that, that, you know, if, if that's going to be that as popular as it could be, um, I think 
it's very possible it, it, it gets nominated beyond just the series and uh, Anya. Um, and Marielle Heller, as a director, uh, directed uh, Tom Hanks to a, a nomination in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, directed uh, Melissa uh, McCarthy and Richard E. Grant to nominations. I think they were both nominated at Globes for Can You Ever Forgive Me? Yes, yeah. Um, so it's, you know, and, and she is so, like, people who know her mostly as an, a, a director at this point, uh, she's so good in this role playing, uh, you know, Anya Taylor-Joy's adoptive mother. Um, and there's so much attention on Anya Taylor-Joy, obviously, but there's so much, you know, compassion and humanity in this character that, uh, that's, that becomes really a focal point of who the Anya Taylor-Joy character becomes throughout the course of the series. So I, I think if it's popular enough, and I think it could be, uh, Queen's Gambit could get another nom here. Uh, like you guys, I have uh, Gillian Anderson winning. The thing that was so um, striking about that Uzo Aduba win was it, it was really a surprise. It, it took a lot of us by shock because I think pretty much all of us had Gene Smart predicted to win for I think Watchmen. Riley predicted Uzo Aduba. Well, of course he did. I mean, <laughs> that's just, um, I don't have her getting in right now um, just because I don't know how popular Mrs. America is going to be overall. Um, I could see, um, you know, Mario Heller getting in as well, even though I don't have her in right now. The reason I have Jesse Buckley in um, over these other really strong competitors is I think it's a way of recognizing her year in both television and film because of uh, her role in I'm Thinking of Ending Things, which has gotten a lot of critical laudits, but I don't know if that's going to translate into a nomination for her on the film side. It could at the Globes, but I feel like this could be a way of, of rewarding her for both. Uh, any last thoughts before we wrap up here? Limited is extremely tough this year. If, if anyone gets all five um, for, for the series, it's going to be impressive because there are 10, 15, 20 worthy contenders. Yeah, there are members of the Hollywood foreign press who won't be able to predict all five correctly. <laughs> <laughs> and they actually like talk to each other too. I mean, this is going to be really... Um, well, with that said, uh, thanks so much for watching. Make sure you go to goldderby.com to make your own predictions and see if you know better than we do, uh, which is oftentimes the case, sad to say. I don't know why they call us the experts when it's, it's really <laughs> everybody else. Um, and uh, we will see you all on Golden Globes Nominations Day. Thank you.